Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, it is August. That means last night you had your sweet meat comedy show at Joe's Pub. I'm assuming... It went so it- well. It went so well. I was thrilled with the with the the number of people. I mean, we had to turn people away at the door. It was insane. Someone dropped a water balloon on me. It was nuts. Can't wait to show you all the footage. Is that actually a plan that someone's going to drop a water balloon on you? No, or? not at all. Okay. But now I'm scared. I've manifested it. If it actually happens, I feel like you need to take my Miss Cleo crystal ball from me because that would be amazing. But anyway, we are recording before that, obviously. So I'm sure we will hear stories about it coming up and especially on your social media. But we do want to remind you that if you want to support everything we do here at Broadway Radio and all of the new things that we will be doing coming up later this month, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, Grace, this was a big one. Uh, there's a lot of feelings and a lot of uh, of interesting things going on with this one. But yesterday, first it appeared in Deadline as an exclusive, and then a press release went out. Coming up later this week on, I think, Thursday and Friday, there will be a two-day invitation-only reading of the in-development musical adaptation of the 1994 nonfiction novel Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and of course the movie adaptation. It will feature... J. Harrison G. will play Lady Chablis. They will be joined by really a who's who of not only people who have worked with Jason Robert Brown, who's one of the composers, but also some of the incredible people involved in uh, in musical theater. But G. will be joined by Stephen Pasquale, who is playing the Kevin Spacey role from the 1997 film. Your friend Austin Colby, the indomitable and incredible Amber Gray, the indelible and always effervescent Jennifer Laura Thompson, the legendary Harriet Harris, Paul Nolan, who I guess has dropped Alexander out of his middle name, and Lance Roberts, who I'm not familiar with, but I'm sure is wonderful as well. They also released the ensemble, which features some other people who are incredible and have worked with JRB before. Grace McLean, Jessica Malaski is in there, Ali Trim as well, Ahmad Simmons, really, really fantastic group of people that are working on this. As we've talked about before, it is being directed by Rob Ashford with a book by Taylor Mack and music and lyrics by Jason Robert Brown. Tanya Burl is doing the choreography. But Grace, being our resident Georgia girl, how are you feeling about this conglomeration of of superstars doing this show? This is a lot. Um, I know that they've been rehearsing, I think, in New 42 this week. Just like there's just so much going on in the building right now and like development and, and workshops and whatnot. Um, so I'm really excited to see this cast announcement. I obviously like love Steve Pasquale. I love uh, Austin. I actually truly believe here at Broadway Radio, we need to continue to say that Austin Colby should always be booked and blessed. I, I like need him to be more of a famous name. I just think he's so incredibly talented and, and his wife. Um, yeah. And, and his wife, Caroline Bowman, who you can see currently on the a frozen national tour playing Elsa. My um, cousin, my cousin and her daughter saw her uh, in Columbus, Ohio on Sunday. Yes. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really great cast. It's a really great team. I hope that this continues to separate itself from Kevin Spacey. Like I think that this can live on its own. Um, and there's a new life for this uh, film because I, I don't want it to be like in so-and-so world. He plays Jim. Right. Uh, so yeah, so I think that um, I, I'm excited for whatever this means. I, I can't wait to hear some of it. That's for certain. Um, so I'm hoping that there there can be some leaked as in like like for the press <laughs> uh, yeah. video footage of, of like a first look because this is really highly anticipated. Yeah, uh, actually on Monday, Ashley and I were texting about this a little bit, but like, I think because 
she tends to be a little bit more of a JRB fan than I am. I'm kind of like hit, hit or miss, but I feel like this is so much more in the wheelhouse of the JRB stuff that I like than say 13 or honeymoon in Vegas or no offense, Mr. Saturday night, like, but getting a little bit more into the grand Gothic style of music here, I feel like could be really great. Obviously, He's had a hit with a show based in Georgia, so very much looking forward to this. And if I was in town, I would be begging every single person I knew to try to get an invitation to see this. But um, very, very excited to hear what happens with this next. All right, moving to something that we know for sure is coming to Broadway. We didn't really know when it was coming, but we do now. Yesterday, the Roundabout Theater Company announced that the Broadway world premiere of Teresa Rebeck's I Need That will begin performances at the American Airlines Theater on October 13th. It is currently scheduled to run through December 23rd. This is a show that I referenced on this week on Broadway this week. I forgot what the name of it was, but it's the show that will star Danny DeVito and his daughter Lucy DeVito. It is being directed by Moritz von Stupnagel. The rest of the creative team was announced as well. The only other person in the company is Ray Anthony Thomas. That was previously announced and we discussed this. I love me a Teresa Rebeck show, Grace, and I love saying the name Moritz von Stupnagel. So this feels like something that I'm going to be talking about a lot for the rest of this year, whether I see the show or whether the show is any good or not. But I have a feeling with Teresa Rebeck writing it, it will be. And just getting to say Moritz von Stupnagel is always a lot of fun. Moritz is one of the most talented directors that there is in this business. Um, I just want to say that out loud. So um, I'm, I'm excited uh, to see this because I need this. And by this, I mean Danny DeVito. Yeah, your your regular red carpet friend. We're we're always seen out together. It's crazy. Like Raya's like, oh my God, like Grace, you're always, always around. Um, these are these are all fake facts, by the way. Um, I just have a dream that we're best friends. Yeah, they're divorced. <laughs> They've been divorced for a yes. while too. But interesting that they are both doing shows in New York. Uh I don't know that I don't think they'll overlap, but pretty close together. Either way, uh, pretty exciting. Um, yesterday, we did get some sad news, and it was reported that Paul Rubens passed away at the age of 70 after fighting cancer. Paul was most famously known by his alter ego and character, Pee Wee Herman. Grace, I didn't know this. Do you know where the character of Pee Wee Herman was developed? No. He was a member of the Groundlings, and that's where Pee Wee Herman was first developed, along with the co-creator, Phil Hartman. So obviously I knew Phil Hartman was involved with Pee Wee's Playhouse. He was a regular on the show. Lawrence Fishburne was on it as well. S. Apatha Merkerson was always a regular on the show as well. You are probably too young to be in the Pee Wee Herman era, but like I grew up watching Pee Wee's Playhouse and Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Big Top Pee Wee. Obviously, he had a little bit of a uh, a scandal in 1991. If if you don't know what it is, you can look it up, but I, I don't need to get into it here. But I think it is funny. I do want to say you were just talking about Danny DeVito, and I remember his iconic cameo in Matilda, the film, when he's playing one of the cops. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really funny that like I was just thinking about Matilda, and here we are talking about Paul Rubens. Goodness. Yeah. So, um, but of course, the reason we're talking about it here is because they did the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway uh, in 2010. That show has obviously starred Paul Rubens and was written by Paul Rubens. And, you know, a little bit a part of, of my childhood and many other people's childhoods uh, as well. So uh, my thoughts are with anybody who loved Paul Rubens and Pee Wee Herman, both personally and professionally. 
We actually got another exclusive report from Deadline on Monday, Grace, and this is an, an interesting one. It comes, comes from Baz Bama Boy, but he reported that Moulin Rouge, the musical, has recouped its costs, not just on Broadway, where it had a $28 million tag, but also all of its investments in London's West End and in Australia. So what this tells me is, is that they were just waiting for all of these things to happen so that they could announce them together or just decided they weren't going to announce them at first and then did them all at one time. Um, Cause obviously these shows didn't all begin performances uh, at the same time, but we aren't, I, it's interesting to me, Grace, and maybe you have some insight as to why we don't get these announcements as, as much, or at least in the, the same way as we used to. It used to be that like, as soon as a show recouped, there was a press release. It was there. Everyone was breathless to talk about it. And nowadays it just kind of, wait we saw it with six like they waited until the 600 performance and they were like oh yeah we recouped six months ago no pun intended on the six so i don't know what that's all about i I think it's interesting but uh, it used to be like you weren't a hit until you recouped and i think still technically that's what we talk about as a show being a hit on broadway is when it was recouped but like that's not doesn't seem to be at the center of discussions around shows and whether or not they are successful anymore Yeah, I think it's a big part of the conversation of just, you know, letting investors and everyone that's wanting to produce on Broadway to, you know, feel like there's a finish line out there. Um, I know that it's like we're in challenging economic times. And I think that at the end of the day, like people just want to know how they can and if it's even possible. Yeah, I agree with you. It used to be like, oh, that means it's a hit. But now, like you could have a hit for a while uh, and then recoup. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing, too, is like, I don't think we talk about this enough, but even shows that don't recoup on Broadway still make their money back, especially when they go out on tour. So a lot of that is even built in to shows. When you see a show that has a limited run on Broadway, they might understand that it's not going to be able to make like like they'll have a plan on paper as to how it can recoup on Broadway. But it's going to be really difficult. But they know that they know if it does well on Broadway, if it gets some awards, it'll be able to tour. And then you just make a crap ton more money on tour because the houses are two, three times as big. The The contracts with the actors uh, for equity don't have to be the same, although you can go out on the same contract as a Broadway contract. But recouping is important. Recouping on Broadway is less important because there are other ways for for shows and producers to make money. But uh, it is kind of interesting. I think post pandemic, this is less and less a part of at least the public discussion about shows. I'm sure in the circles that you work in, Grace, that it's, you know, a discussion point far more than it is for us. But it used to be something that was very publicly discussed and and not so much anymore. So I don't know what that is and if it actually did have to do with uh, with anything going on during the pandemic. All right. Unfortunately, we're getting back to talking about the pandemic. The American Repertory Theater is going to have to close its production of Avita early. The show was actually scheduled to run through Sunday, but it ended up closing on Friday night because of multiple COVID cases in the company. I have heard that there are shows that are canceling some press right now and might have to postpone some performances on Broadway because of COVID cases. It's still out there. We are certainly starting to see some spikes. We are getting back to some pretty bad numbers now, if you're paying attention to that bit of news. So everybody, if you're going out and you are worried at all, I always have a mask with me. Uh, might want to start putting it on because it is definitely a uh, uh, it definitely seems like we are starting to get back on a bubble that 
is not where we want to be, Grace. Oh, yeah, I'm scared. Um, I've had a couple of uh, positive cases within my friend groups um, and organizations and whatnot, um, not like in my proximity, but just like letting me know. So I think that that is definitely going to have to be put back on for a lot of people um, in general. Like, I think that we all can can stand to be a little bit more cognizant um, as we have been for the past couple of years. But I agree with you. It's it's a little it's a little alarming. We'll yeah. see what changes. Yeah. All right, I've got a couple of of recommendations that I want to uh, give you. The first, I, I have to admit, I knew this show was coming. I got it completely wrong. We are going to see the show El Mago Pop come to the Ethel Barrymore Theater beginning on August 17th. I, I guess because of the word pop, Grace, I thought it was music. I thought it was a concert. It's magic. Oh. Oh, no, it's magic. It's an illusionist. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. And maybe I just didn't pay. I, I think what happened was is I wasn't on today on Broadway the day that this was announced. So, like, I never really looked into it. Um, but anyway, uh, Antonio Diaz, who is known as El Mago Pop, brought an illusion to the Today Show on Monday and basically transported four people across the plaza. They're all blindfolded. They're in this big box. Um, it's very cool. I feel like an idiot because I thought this was like a one of those residency concerts. So uh, that's me not being a very good uh, journalist here. But this will obviously be Diaz's Broadway debut. And it is the highest grossing European illusionist in the world and also has two shows on Netflix. So I guess you can binge this. If you're going to go see this and The Shark is Broken, you can binge Jaws on Peacock and other places. And you can binge both of El Mago Pop's shows on Netflix. So that's very cool. Should I have known that? I, how did I miss that, Grace? Yeah, you're embarrassing. The work. I mean, the the the, <laughs> the promotional photo is him floating. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen. Unless it. it's is she so hot? Oh, that could be good. Little Enrique Iglesias. Yeah. That no, that's Tall Bachman. Oh. You're I right. am such a bad singer that Matt didn't know that that was Tall Bachman. And to that no. I say, who's older, me or I you? I'm older. Well, that's what I was saying. I was thinking, I was thinking, I can be your hero, baby. That's what I was thinking. I Tune into Patreon where you can hear more of these stylings. <laughs> um, please comp- complete your surveys so that you can let us know what you'd like to hear less of. And it's definitely us singing. Yeah, oops. Well, only one of us is a professional performer, though, and that's not me. Um, Anyway, the other recommendation is certainly people who are far better singers than I am because of the Hollywood Bowl over the weekend. They had a incredibly star studded performance of a concert called Everybody Rise, a Sondheim celebration. It featured Patti LuPone, Sierra Bagas, Sutton Foster, Skylar Astin, Brian Stokes Mitchell, and Norm Lewis. We have highlights in the show notes, some really, really incredible uh, performances. There's one that I don't know if it's in um, this one. I don't think it's in this roundup. I haven't seen a video of it yet, but I heard somebody who was there was tweeting, posting, Xing about the fact that Brian Stokes Mitchell did not getting married solo, did all the parts by himself in that song, which is something that I just have to see. But Stokes and Patty did a little priest. Um, Patty sang being alive. Um, Skylar Aston sang finishing the hat. Sutton and Sierra did a uh, did a song together, too. So very, very cool celebration for for Stephen Sondheim and uh, definitely want to check those out. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me wherever at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki on all platforms. I try not to use X anymore, but here we are. I know. Threads. 
dot, dot, dot. Okay. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.